0: Hey, welcome to Lakeview Sermon of the Week. We're so grateful to have you here, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Good evening, guys. Good evening, everybody. Doing well? Awesome, awesome. Good to see your faces. Is Doug and Carrie here by chance? <laughs> Somebody was like, "Yeah," and they, nope, they're not here. Um, I was gonna brag on them. They missed out. They missed out. I'll brag on them for them, uh, and they're not here. And uh, you know, we've had a, an incredible weekend. This last weekend, and um, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit, and and um, and kind of do a little bit of recap and and just talk about the powerful time that we spent in the house of the Lord, before the Lord, prostrate before the Lord. And, um, but one thing really struck me, the staff last week, Monday through Thursday, we're, we're working hard on creating a place and setting up this place for the Lord to move and really praying and moving a lot of chairs and just preparing ourselves for the conference that we had in this last week in the Sons and Daughters Conference. And um, Justin and I were actually talking about, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. And Wednesday, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. And uh, you know, the storm had rolled in or some rain had come in and it brought the temperature down, which praise God, it was getting weird. It was hot in October, it was, um, didn't like it. Um, But there's a ton of leaves and stuff just out in the parking lot. And um, I told him, I was like, man, we need to get our blowers. And come up here and just bro- blow off this parking lot and literally it was like 30 seconds later we walk outside and see the doors and Doug has a backpack blower on blowing off that parking area and I was just like wow that's incredible and I want to share what he told me and I'm, I'm sharing this not to like bring any kind of condemnation or like y'all should be serving the church more like that's not what I'm that's not what I'm saying here at all. I just wanted to brag on a brother and brag on a, a grandfather and say, "Man, I'm so I'm so thankful that we attend a church and tend a body who aren't afraid to roll up their sleeves and do some hard work and know that their contribution to what's happening is just as powerful as what's happening in inside of the room." And um, so again, do not feel any I'm not trying to say serve more that's not what I'm saying. Just want to brag and highlight on someone. And um, I went out that side and I just said, "Hey, thank you so much for doing this." And uh, we were going to come up here the the day, you know, the next day and you know, bust it and you know, do all this stuff and and he just without blinking, he turned around and looked at me and said, "You know, this is my church too." And it just hit me. And that started uh streams floods of tears that didn't stop until like Sunday Sunday night it was like started with Doug's confident this is my church it was like the Superman moment where his his cape came out and he revealed the S on his shoulder I was like look at Doug and it was so so awesome and um again I wanted to share that just to brag on him he's not here but I will say this I am so grateful for all of you and grateful for a community who rally behind leaders and rally behind the call of the Lord on a house and serve. It's so, so incredible. And uh, I just, I thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna ask an honest question and I'm not looking for a crazy response because I know what the answer is, but I just wanna bring it to your attention. And the question I wanna ask is, can you feel the momentum of revival that is happening in this place? Yes. Say again. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't feel it, you would, might be wet. Now that is a phrase that I am familiar with, thankful for my father, who's still a country boy to this day, and he um, was in a tree stand, gosh, for the last five weeks, just living in a tree stand. That's um, so awesome. But can you feel, there is momentum, there is momentum happening in this place, momentum of Revival. And there's been a lot of words spoken about this church. There's been a lot of visions. There's been, even with Julia on our way from Georgia to come be a part of the team, and you know Matt and Emily sharing the words on this house of being a place that waves would come and people would come all over the world to to take part in what the world was or what the Lord was doing. Excuse me. And even going back to that picture that Micah had and, of an eagle hovering over Hot Springs and. What was so crazy, and I tried to point this out too, but like in the times of us visiting this place, um, and this kind of goes into that word of of Micah's, I saw two bald eagles, uh, or excuse me, three bald eagles hover over Lake Hamilton area, Hot Springs area. And then the, the, the Sunday, that was like on a Thursday. And then that Sunday, Micah comes up and brings this word of the Lord is hovering like an eagle and looking for a place to rest. And so revival is... Is is coming. It's happening. We're in the midst of it. We're in the midst of it. And um, I feel that from about the middle part of September till this last weekend, the Lord has really been priming our hearts with some really incredible teaching. Some preaching and teaching that's really primed our hearts. Some of our messages, Pastor Metis talked about divine stretching. Jesus inaugurates a new age where the place that hosts the presence of God is not a place, but a people. Even his research series, you know, Jesus at the center. Jesus doesn't orbit around me, but in fact, we orbit around him and his plans and purposes. Pastor Emily brought an incredible word on Wednesday night, breaking intimidation. Talking about God has put all authority underneath Christ, and because he's raised us up and seated with him in, in heavenly places, we have authority. Uh, Lance Nelson, our brother, talked about a healing community and how the Lord's desire is to bring us into a healthy community that fix, fixes what? Loneliness. <laughs> the forgotten ways, Pastor Matt, again, God breathing on us, but also needing to do a work of breathing in us so that we can get healed up and be what? Sent be sent. I'm, uh, from the research church series, again, back to the middle of September, to this last Sunday, the teaching has been so good. <laughs> so good. And I'm not saying that uh, as flattery. I'm, I'm telling you, it's been so rich and so powerful. And um, a picture that I, I got about this one, praying this week, you know, um, speaking tonight and matt was talking to me on monday and saying um hey you're gonna be speaking and i started dreaming of the lord and, and just kind of talking with him trying to figure out what to talk about tonight and um this picture kind of came came to me as i was thinking about all these messages and um from september it feels like you know you're at the beach i want you to just imagine you're at a beach your favorite beach hawaii uh who's been to hawaii in here pray for me pray for me in jesus name But you're at the beach, right? And there's this picture happening where the water is receding back into the waters, yeah? And there's this tension coming of a wave being built, yeah? But as that water recedes, it reveals what? These beautiful seashells. These beautiful seashells that you pick up and, you know... With my three-year-old, we're running, and the water will chase us, but we'll find these sand dollars or these seashells, and it's these you know beautiful pieces, some small, some big, but what, what do we do with them? We keep them as gifts. We put them on necklaces. We, we, we carry them, and I feel like that's what the Lord was saying is that as this water has been receding to lead up to this wave that which was this last weekend of the conference is that there's these beautiful pieces that we need to make sure that we do not let a wave or something take them away from us that these are beautiful pieces to go. When we're in a trial, when we're in a circumstance, when we're not feeling the weighty presence of the Lord and we are in real life, we're able to do what? What do you do with seashells? My mom used to use them as decor around the bathtub and I would put them up to my ear and what would you hear? The waves, yeah. We need to use these messages as a reminder of how to prime our hearts, So that when another wave comes, it's not just going to be washed away in a big glory bomb that takes place, but it's going to be able to live with us, stay with us, and operate in our lives. Is that making sense? And again, that kind of makes sense with the word that Tommy Tenney had spoken over this house a very long time ago about what? Ride the wave. And um, this last weekend was a wave. A wave. Um, I'm trying to. Re- we we really have as a staff. We've yet to kind of collect ourselves <laughs> and gather back because one we've experienced some uh, tiredness from prepping and we've had the last two days off, which praise God I'm all very happy about. Um, but we haven't convened a recap. But seriously, it was such a powerful. Move of God from the beginning to the end. Who was here at the conference? Can you guys attest to that? That it was it's so powerful, truly incredible. And I spent the, those three days right here. You can see my snot stain. Um, me and Julie sat right here. And I felt it feels like I cried for three days. And there was such a thin space, like there was almost nothing between God's glory and us. And it was incredible, and we were getting up off the floor being like, what time is it? Where are my children? I haven't eaten in six hours. Um, And that's when you know it's good, right? When you haven't thought about food, uh, you know your children are in the room somewhere, and... uh, (laughs) And uh, well, the time changed. you know, like I showed up today at four and then I came out at five and it was dark. So it's like, you can't really tell uh, anymore what time it is. Um, But the atmosphere was just so heavy with the weightiness and uh, the presence of his glory. And one of my favorite moments um, throughout the weekend, this is kind of tying into my message, um, but Todd and Cindy Mooring were here. And um, they're an amazing and amazing couple, worship leaders, pastors in Baytown, Texas. And she was, Cindy was a fireball. Um, Emily had told us, you know, Pastor Emily, she, they are her spiritual parents. And, and she was like, y'all don't know. And we're, you know, um, Julie likes to call me a little Bethel boy because I grew up in a Bethel stream. And so little Bethel boy is like, yeah, okay, we'll see. You know, like a lot of people call themselves that. And she was a fireball. It was it was nuts. But we got up here on Saturday morning and she goes, Hey, do you know this song? And obviously none of us had known it or played it. And um, you know, I have this thing about excellence. I love excellence. And the entire time during rehearsal, I'm looking at her and we're trying to get everybody on the same page, and she knows what I know, which is this isn't gonna be excellent, but I've gotta let that go. And I've got to let the Lord move in the space. And it doesn't need to be perfect for it to be impactful. And the Lord just was stripping me again of this. I think probably, I'll just be really honest. uh, The fear of man is getting stripped off of me in this season in a really heavy way. Things that I thought I didn't, wasn't going to deal with or, uh, because I'm a pretty confident person. I've been through the, I've been to a rodeo or two. You know, like I've, I've experienced some things, but literally it was like, Cody, are you going to care more about how it sounds? Or are you going to care that people are going to be dancing on truth and doing something powerful unto me in the room? And it just wrecked me. But she started singing this song, Revivals in the Air. And for 20 minutes, no guitar on me, uh, front to back room dancing. And it was so fun and so powerful And so that song's been kind of stuck in my head. You know, revivals in the air. It's awesome. It's it's a great jump up and down beat for all of us white people. (laughs) You know, it's like, I can dance to this. You know, like, just is what it is. Um, But those words, revivals in the air. Catch it if you can. And so tonight, I kind of want to talk about why we desire revival, why we pray for revival, um, why do we pray for it? And especially after a weekend that we had, I think it's very important to understand that <sighs> revival is something that we see, we know, we've seen it in waves throughout the land and across the world. You know, Brownsville, anybody familiar with the Brownsville revival? Toronto, um, even. Uh, I'll call Asbury a revival, seeing people in pure holiness, nothing flashy about it, before the Lord on their face. We've seen it. We've talked about it. Again, I'm from the Bethel camp. So revival is a very heavily used word. Prayer rooms, worship services, lots of meetings, uh, healing meetings, a lot of worship meetings, um... Uh, shofars, bubbles, a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not joking, there was a guy who, this is really funny, but um, there was a guy who brought in a bubble machine, like a child's bubble machine. And again, I am not condoning this or giving this a legitimacy to do this here, so don't do this. But someone didn't tell him no. <laughs> and it became a thing, and it was actually really pure in a place, because it was this gentleman, But bubbles would just be happening in worship and we'd look up and they'd be like, is that the glory of God? And then you turn around, it's like, oh, nope, it's just the bubble guy. And, um, (laughs) but look out if they pop, whoa, (laughs) something might happen. Um, You know, I've seen people arrive in wheelchairs, get healed and leave. I've also seen people come in, get blasted by the Holy Spirit, and have to be ushered out in a wheelchair. (laughs) And um, it's really beautiful. Revival is something that we need to be praying for and desiring. And some people really do feel that, or think and believe, that revival is just that, that it's this weighty presence of the Lord that's really heavy, that's good for 48 hours, and then, boom, it's done. And I want to tell you tonight, and maybe even potentially pastor us into this thing, that revival doesn't just stop on the end of an event. It begins when you get up off the floor. It truly begins when you get up off the floor. On the floor is part of it. But at some point, we have to what? Get up. We have to get up. The floor is a start, but it's not the goal. It's not the goal. So what's the goal then? If we are praying for revival, what's the goal? The goal is the fear of the Lord. The goal is to get us back into the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? What was that? Come on, let's go. Uh, Yes, it is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. We're going to pull these up here in just a second. It's the the fountain of life, yeah? Some people believe that the fear of the Lord is like when lightning strikes in the back of the room, that one person, and we all know what that one person's been doing, and it's like, oh, finally, the fear of the Lord, or um, we kind of twist up the fear of the Lord with the fear of being punished by the Lord. And those are two separate things, and one is <laughs> is not true. It's not true. Most Christians, I would suggest, don't really know the difference between the fear of the Lord and the fear of being punished by the Lord. And we look at some of our favorite verses on fear of the Lord. Let's put this one up there, Proverbs one seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom on their uh, and instruction. Proverbs nine ten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 14.27, the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life, that one may avoid the snares of what? Death. Proverbs 23.17, do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. The fear of the Lord is this nourishing connection to God. The whole reason that Jesus came so that you and I could connect to our Father's heart again. That is why we need revival. That's why we pray for it, so that we may connect to the heart of our Father. We sang about it tonight, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is there, is, there is freedom. Do not allow the enemy or the world to corrupt the fear of the Lord into control. He doesn't want to control you one of my favorite lines in the song is uh, what the heck is love if you're in complete control and it's so true what is love if you're in complete control there is freedom and liberty under his lordship there is freedom and liberty there also want to say do not be afraid of freedom it will bring about responsibility but that responsibility is going to bring us into true discipleship because we're going to have to hold on to his teachings and learn how to love him and walk in love with our neighbor and learn how to govern ourselves in this life that we're walking with our Lord. Amen? Revival turns our attention to who he is. It turns our attention to who he is and to be afraid of being separated from him. So the fear of the Lord is the fear of what? Disconnection. Not as punishment, because he sent what? A solution. He sent Jesus, he sent a remedy. He sent our hope. The enemy would try to get you to believe that a little separation, a little distance, is what you need to protect yourself from the Lord. And separation will distinguish you, uh, disintegrate you. You will become unrecognizable. Mm. In that place of separation, you can sit in a chair (laughs) week after week and be perishing. I've been there. Anybody been there? week after week, yet perishing. Revival is an invitation to come and find out how much closer you can get and how much more of God you can get. Revival is not just an event, but it is a place to meet the Lord, a place of repentance, and a place to move into the knowing of the fear of the Lord. I've heard revival described this way. Revival is the inrush of the spirit into a body that threatens to become a corpse the inrush of a spirit into a body that threatens to become a corpse anybody ever seen the movie or the TV show maybe even seen it in real life pray that you haven't but someone is dying and they're getting the paddles out the defibrillator and they're like clear when they shock them right that's revival that's revival we cry out in repentance and the lord gets the paddles and the inrush of the spirit floods our body that which threatens to become a corpse it keeps you from being one of the walking dead right yeah the inrush of the spirit into a body that threatens to become a corpse i love that so much We were praying into this conference this last weekend and um, talking with Matt and talking with her staff, and I kind of felt like this, um, as I was praying, I got this word of the domino is going to fall. And, um, you know, a sea of dominoes behind it would fall. And I thought, what are you saying, Lord? And, you know, I thought the domino potentially could be the conference itself, which in a, in a part it could be. But as I was here this weekend, as the fear of man was being stripped of me, as as I was repenting, and as I came up off the floor, and I sat in my chair on Sunday listening to Pastor Matt's friend, Jason Lee, who brought such a beautiful word on discipleship. I couldn't keep my butt in my seat. I was so excited and so filled with the presence of God that I Realized, oh my gosh, I am the domino. You are the domino. It is not about a conference. It is not about getting wrecked. It's about what you do when you get up off the floor and who you run into at San Francisco Bread Company or at Walmart. Let's go. Or anywhere. And I'm so filled with the Holy Spirit and so filled with compassion and with a knowing of my Lord that I can't help but accidentally trust fall on somebody (laughs) and knock into them, causing what? A domino effect. And so the Lord revealed that to me this weekend. And it just wrecked me, it wrecked me, it wrecked me, it wrecked me me, and I thought, oh my God, there's so many times that I have gotten up off the floor after a really impactful weekend where God's presence rested on me, where I received words over my life that that did come to pass, like the Lord is so good and so faithful, and yet I kept my mouth shut about the gospel, the good news, and how I was so intimidated or fearful of what a man would say to me (laughs) about my love for the Lord, and it just wrecked me. Again, revival is not just about the floor. It is what you do when you get up off the floor. I kind of want to look at um, Paul's story when he was Saul. I want us to turn to, to Acts chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn to uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 17 and 19. And... Uh, everybody okay everybody there awesome that one's a little hard to read I love the wave though I love it sorry (laughs) thank you (laughs) I just called out Julie please Julie I'm so sorry Um, thank you for doing these slides for me so chapter nine right Saul's on the road he meets the Lord he's blinded and then a man named Ananias, everybody say, thank you, Ananias, <laughs> uh, gets called by the Lord to go pray for Saul. And our, uh, Lance, is Lance Nelson in here? He's not. Uh, Lance talked about you know, the ripple effect of your yes, and how if we were to trace our yeses back, eventually a lot of us would have to come to Ananias. That's why I said, everybody say, thank you, Ananias. <laughs> um, but here, we're going to pick up verse 17 here. Then Ananias went to the house where Saul was and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell off Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained. His strength. The next couple of verses are talking about Saul Damascus in Damascus and Jerusalem. And at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the same man who raised havoc in Jerusalem? And yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Verse 26, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, obviously, not believing that he really was a disciple, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. He preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So he stayed with them and he freely moved about in Jerusalem, speaking boldly. In the name of Jesus. Again, the Lord blinds him, but the part that I want to preface there is that after Ananias prays for him, scales are falling off his eyes. He gets up off the floor. And without a second, you know, he regains his strength. Maybe some time passes there, but he. Immediately does what? He is preaching his guts out and spitting truth. So much so that everyone's like, oh, what is happening? When you have an encounter with the Lord and he messes you up so bad that when you get off the floor, the, the next phrases that should come out of your, li- your mouth is the proclaiming good news of the gospel. Like again, that is why we are praying for revival. We are praying to have this fear of the Lord so heavily imparted on our lives that our mouths cannot be shut up with the good news. And I want to challenge you. If we were here at this if you were here at this weekend, do not let the encounter with the Lord stop there. Do not do not put revival on what happened and then go about your life. You owe Bill Johnson says this. You owe the world an encounter with God. Open up your mouth and he will fill it. I promise you, he will fill it. Later in verse 31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Get this, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit as it increased in numbers. (laughs) The church was living in the fear of the Lord because someone had an encounter that got up off the floor and proclaimed the good works and the good news of the gospel. Revival and the good news of the gospel will spread when we get up off the floor, find yourselves in the fear of the Lord and begin to boldly proclaim Jesus. Revival is what we cry out for to close the gap, to become one, to find out how much more there is. So again, just to recap, revival is a place of repentance to move into the knowing of the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the fear of what? Disconnection. Uh, Julie and I have been married for six years, as of September. And... uh Thank you, thank you. Uh... And any smart man knows this, that you have a fear of your wife. Yeah. Uh, I have a fear of Julie. Uh, I don't have a fear of being punished by Julie, but I have a fear of being disconnected from Julie. If you live in a fear of the Lord, you're going to adjust your life, your choices. I adjust all of my life, my choices, my attitude, my behaviors to protect our connection. And y'all pray for me. I'm still working out my YMD. Y'all know what that is? Young man disorder. Still working it out. Still working it out. It's okay to laugh, guys. It's funny. I know it's funny. It's funny. Um, young man disorder keeps me disconnected from, from Julie the one I love, the one I want to be in unity with. His heart for us, guys, is revival. Revival is the opportunity for more connection, more unity, more intimacy, more oneness. And that's what we're after, yeah? That's what we're after. So how do we, how do we sustain revival? Revival. How do we maintain this connection with him? In Matthew 22, Jesus gives us the greatest commandment. Verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Paul continues to clarify for us, Ephesians 4, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't break his heart. Pay attention to what's important to him. Don't break his heart. And again, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19, it says, do not quench the spirit. Don't disconnect. Don't break his heart. Don't disconnect. Don't let the fear of man become a snare to you. No longer want to make peace with man and compromise the cost of his heart. Don't make peace with, don't try to please man. Please the Lord. Do not compromise the desires of his heart. Don't disconnect. Do not grieve him. Revival is an opportunity to repent. It's an opportunity to repent and pay attention to his heart, to tend the relationship and readjust priorities. There was a session this weekend. Oh, man, talking about, you know, messages and everything like that. We had incredible messages this last weekend from Frankie, or Frankie, excuse me, Frank Viola. I want to call him Frankie V for the rest of my life. Um, man, the, the two anointings message just... It was so, so powerful. And Tommy Tinney and um, even Terry Nance. There was, a, I can't remember after whose session, but it, I think it was after, I think it was after uh, uh, Frank Viola's second message that it led the entire room into an altar call of repentance. And it was so heavy in the room. And we stayed in the room silent as a body, until about 9.30 p.m. And it was like no one was looking around at each other. Um, People were crying out. People were really repenting. And that's revival. The revival is an opportunity to repent. And what we were doing is we were paying attention to his heart, repenting of sin, preventing or uh, repenting of our ways, submitting ourselves back underneath his lordship, intending the relationship between my heart and his. And the goal of revival, coming out of repentance and coming out of those moves of God, the goal of revival is not to come to church, though that is where we should come for community and for teaching and for pastoring and all of those things, but the goal of revival is to what? Be the church be the church. Y'all remember that movie with Kevin Cosner, um, Field of Dreams, if you build it. There we go. Uh, I've heard a lot of messages adopt and it and it is true, and there's some truth to it. Um, anybody ever heard of a man uh, called Randall Worley in here? Here we go, Jules. Love you. Thanks for the support. Um, Randall Worley's is an incredible life coach teacher, um, just an amazing speaker, amazing man of God. And uh, he kind of revealed this to me, and he flipped this, flipped this on his head, but he's talking about the field of dreams, and he said, man, they got it so wrong, and the church has built a strategy and built kingdoms based upon a phrase from a Hollywood movie, and it's completely backwards. He says, if Jesus will build it, they will go they will go. It blew my mind <laughs> when he said that. and confronted some things in me that someone on staff at a church who hungers for significance in the Lord. Ah, should I be honest? I'll be honest. It confronts some things about building kingdoms and building things for myself and not for the Lord. It says, I'm the center of what this is. Come and worship me. (gasps) And not the Lord. And it flipped that whole paradigm. And it's been a a real long journey of me coming out and being humbled. (laughs) There is some humbling that will happen when the Lord moves you out of that revelation of it's not about you. It's about me. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to walk with you through this until you get it. So that you can fulfill the will and purposes that I have for you. If Jesus builds it, they will go. Go into all the earth and do what? Oh. Pastor Matt would have been proud of that one right there. (laughs) If Pastor Matt had a trading card, it would be a preaching maniac. He's so awesome. And then it would be at the bottom, Mike Flip expert. Something like that. And I admire that about my pastor. I think he's awesome. If Jesus builds it, they will go. So if we want to sustain revival, don't break his heart. Don't disconnect. Stay in a place of repentance. Don't just come to church. Go and be the church. Last few things to sustain revival the most important, the fear of the Lord. To make your decisions motivated, motivated by your love for him. To take responsibility of my half of my relationship with the Lord. It is a relationship. To not need a punisher to keep me in a relationship. Sometimes uh, there's that... Um, There's that thing where we like to keep our distance, and we there's like this. uh, I think it's I think it is the flesh. It's just something of of the world that we've got to break. But to know that sometimes I don't know how else to say this, but sometimes it's refreshing. (laughs) Not refreshing. It's like um, I don't know. I'm gonna. I just reversed. I just reversed. You didn't hear that. Last few things, to fear the Lord, to make decisions motivated by your love form, to take responsibility of your half of the relationship, to reorder your priorities, and to return to our first love. Return to our first love. In Revelation chapter 2, Jesus is writing to the church of Ephesus, and they've got it going on. Jesus writes to them and says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. You have persevered hardships for my name. Yet Jesus writes in verse 4 and says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. They didn't have the fear of the Lord. They were riding on their own momentum, delighting in your own glory you have forgotten about your first love. Hmm. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet? And, um, worship team, you'll come do your thing. Again, I just felt coming off such a powerful and, and like impactful weekend, I thought it would be such a great opportunity to hopefully move us out of a place of events being the, the reason why we come to church. Uh, events are the epitome of moves of God and get us off the floor and see revival break out in our grocery stores, in our school systems, in the streets of Hot Springs, so that the Lord will receive his glory and all honor and all power in this region and to see brothers and sisters come alive in this hope that is Jesus Christ. Kind of want to leave you with this. Um, Hear the Father say this to you tonight. So the Father's saying this. Are you convinced that I'm convinced that you are crazy in love with me? Are you convinced that I'm convinced that you are crazy in love with me? And I want to just open up our altars tonight. I want to open up just the front to come up and ask that question and answer it and move into a place of if you need to repent repent if you want to just encounter the lord and find out how much more of the lord you can get come up here but move us into a place of revival continually to happen not because we did a crazy cool event but because the lord jesus is a living and breathing god that we serve and that we have a responsibility to steward our relationship with him and to love our neighbors and to bring people into an encounter with him. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. this weekend be a weekend on a calendar or on a post that we say yeah that was fun but let it lead us into consistent revival a lifestyle of being a disciple of Jesus and proclaiming the good news of your gospel Lord of your gospel Lord Wave after wave would come, revelation after revelation would come, and we would not contain it within the four walls of this building, but we would have to take it out onto the streets, Lord, into every corner that we step, Lord. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Our hope is that these messages will help you on your journey of discovering who Christ is and who you are in Him. You can learn more about our ministry at lvahs.org or follow us on Instagram at lakeview.hs.